Hey everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests. So thank you for joining us today. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing fall hibernation with our special guest, Spencer Bevan from Riverside Honda in Skidoo. Welcome to the show again, Spencer. You bet. Thanks for having me. You know, you, you guys did the spring maintenance one, waking your motorcycle up from hibernation. So we may as well talk to you again about putting them to bed. You bet. Uh You know, it's still lots of time left in our season. People usually ride until the snow flies and and God only knows when that happens. When would you think would be a good time to consider putting your bike to sleep for the winter? Um, I'd say it kind of depends on the bike. Uh, Once air temperatures get around like, you know, seven degrees, 10 degrees or so, uh, for normal road bikes, I'd probably consider like, you know, prepping them to get packed up just because uh, they don't handle uh, cold pavement quite as well. But, you know, dual sports and adventure bikes with uh, a little bit more aggressive and compliant tires can uh, usually go a little bit later. Some dual sport guys even go into the first, uh, you know, few weeks of winter. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say once uh, once the temperature starts to drop below double digits, then you start to have uh, a very hampered sense of grip with the bike, which, you know, can be a safety thing. So. Yeah, and last week, or two weeks ago, the episode that we had dropped us all about fall riding tips. So we did talk about, you know, your tires on pavement, the ice that can be out there, leaves on the ground, you know, that handling stuff. So that just reinforces the need to really consider temperature changes when, when you're looking at winterization. So let's get into kind of what that looks like because everybody has a different way of doing it, but what Mm. would you say are some of the best practices for winterization? Let's start with oil changes are always a big topic. Do you do it before or do you wait till the spring? Yeah, we, uh, we kind of touched on this on the uh, uh, preseason one. Um, and, uh, it's kind of still the same, uh, same view I have on it where I like to do an oil change, uh, before I put it away for the winter. Uh, just because like, you know, burning fuel, uh, creates, you know, carbon and, uh, some other, uh, some other, uh, chemicals that just make their way into your oil. It's just, it just happens. Like there's no way around it really. Um, and it actually slightly acidifies the oil and, uh, which, you know, is not very good for metal components if it's just sitting there stagnant for, you know, months on end. Um, and also you got to worry about, uh, the water that makes its way into your oil as you ride around. Cause you know, water is a byproduct of combustion and all that. So that makes its way in there as well. And, you know, uh, condensation on the inside of your motor, like, you know, water and metal sitting together don't really mix very well and, uh, can lead to some uh, premature rust. So I like to have fresh oil in there for when it's, uh, when it's sitting and, uh, then, uh, as well as some other, uh, maintenance seats, kind of just good to go in the fall when you can, or sorry, uh, in the spring rather, uh, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you can just pull it out and start it up and it's good to go. It doesn't need anything. Right. And so I like to put my bike away with clean oil as well. And I was yeah. taught that quite a long time ago. So it's good to know that, you know, I'm following that best practice. Now I have also done battery in on a tender and battery mm-hmm. out, which yeah. is better and does the temperature of your garage or storage area play a factor in that? Um, to, to a degree. Yeah. Um, and realistically, as long as you have a tender hooked up to it, 
it doesn't matter a whole lot whether it's in or out of the bike because it'll still be receiving that charge and keeping it nice and active and well charged. Uh, when the temperature starts to come into play is because uh, a, a battery that has full voltage uh, will need to be subjected to very cold temperatures before it'll freeze. Um, uh, but one that is like, you know, at or below 12 volts, like, you know, kind of dwindling, uh, that's when you got to worry about batteries freezing. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those things where if you're doing it properly, you shouldn't have to worry about it freezing regardless because it'll be on a tender. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, uh, if for whatever reason, like, you know, you don't have a battery tender, like you don't want to buy one or whatever, best case scenario would be out of the bike and in your house. Um, cause then at least, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to freeze, but uh, I always tell people inactivity is the biggest thing that kills batteries. So even if it's um, out of the bike and in your house, it's just going to be sitting there doing nothing for, you know, four or five months at least. Um, right. So that's not ideal. So if you did take it out and put it in your house, you would mm. still want to place that on like a piece of cardboard or something because batteries can possibly leak, right? Yeah, like, and they can leak, but uh, usually you would kind of see some kind of evidence of that in the bike as well before you take it out. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't put it, you know, on your nice hardwood flooring or anything like that. I would, you know, maybe <laughs> put it on a crappy vinyl flooring by a garage or something. <laughs> okay, so, but best practice would be to yeah. put it on a tender because yeah. then it's got that activity all the time. Absolutely, and like battery tenders kind of differ from just standard chargers in that, uh, instead of just constantly applying a charge, it'll charge it up to around, you know, 14 volts or so, then let it discharge. And then once it gets down to around 12 and a half, it'll start applying a charge again. So it just keeps it nice and active and constantly, you know, uh, uh, gives it some variation in its state of charge, which uh, helps prevent sulfation because uh, when it's just sitting there doing nothing, that's when you start running into sulfation on the plates of the battery, which is what kills batteries basically. Right. And I'm guessing that Riverside would sell said battery tenders. Oh, you bet. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're actually quite easy to install because I did my own. Yeah. I just took my seat off and I plugged the leads onto the battery and it, oh, yeah. and I have the lead that comes out. So I just plug it into the same thing I plug in my heated vest. So it's super exactly, yeah. easy. Oh yeah. It, it's very, very easy. And you know, the, the price of a, a cheaper battery tender is less than half the cost of a new battery. So it, it pretty much instantly pays off. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've got, I've got them on all my bikes and so far I yeah. haven't had any issues. So now let's talk, um, cold. If you're in a cold kind of storage facility or your garage isn't insulated like mine mm -hmm. and the concrete gets really cold in the winter, mm -hmm. should you put your bike on something, a lift or carpet at minimum or what do you yeah. suggest? Um, yeah, ideally you would want the tires off the ground. So, you know, with larger bikes, uh, I understand that's a lot more difficult than the smaller bikes where you can just kind of put them on a center stand and leave them. Um, but tires off the ground is ideal. And uh, uh, another thing for keeping the tires in good condition when they're not in use is uh, if, you can't, um, if you can't store it with the tires off the ground, like on an axle stand or something like that, uh, at the very least, uh, you want to inflate them to the max pressure that's allowable on the tire. So not necessarily the bike's max pressure, but, you know, on the tire, it'll say max pressure 40 PSI or something like that. And uh, so if you're keeping it on the ground, that just kind of helps them maintain their shape because they'll, they'll be sitting. Uh, some people like to, you know, scoot the bike forward a foot or back a foot periodically every now and then just to kind of avoid any large flat spots. Um, and, uh, yeah, and even if you do get a bit of a flat spot on the tire, usually it kind of works itself out once you go out for your first ride and the tires heat up and kind of get back to their shape. 
Well, that and we talked about on the spring maintenance, waking your bike up about how your tires will lose air over the course of the winter storage anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So So you'll want to be periodically checking that as well. So getting them to their max would help also with that, that deflation. And that's yeah. normal for any tire. That's not an issue with your tire. That just happens. Yeah, it, it's just it's just physics. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And I think somebody had told me because my scrambler has spoked rims that they it loses air faster than mm. a non-spoked rim. Yeah, and like a, a lot of spoked rims will use tubes, and uh, tubes like uh, aren't quite as good at holding air as like beadless yeah. tires. So like on solid rims. Um, but, uh, yeah, like regardless of what kind of rooms you want on there, I, I would probably check every, you know, two, three weeks just to make sure it's not just sitting flat. Cause, uh, it's one thing to have like a small flat spot from sitting when it's fully inflated, but if it's completely deflated and it's sitting on the rim, it's basically resting the bead of the rim on the sidewall of the tire all winter. And I don't know if I'd be comfortable riding a tire after that. So <laughs> I don't think I would be. Either. Yeah. Okay. Fuel. So. I've always been told put stable in and fill it to the top. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that as well as get into the differences between a carved motorcycle and an EFI motorcycle and the fuel requirements. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, definitely add your fuel stabilizer um, with, uh, with, um, with EFI bikes. So fuel injected bikes, uh, and you'll want to do this with carb bikes too. It's actually more important with carb bikes, but you want to actually run it after you put the fuel stabilizer in too, because if all you do is dump the fuel stabilizer in the tank and call it a day, none of that stabilizer has actually worked its way into any of the fuel lines or the fuel injector or the carburetor itself. So you'll still have that old ethanol just sitting in there kind of coagulating and causing the issues. Um, um, and another, another thing you can do too, and this is actually what I do with my bikes rather than use stabilizer is, uh, some premium fuels, uh, don't have ethanol in them. So like Shell's V power, for example, is ethanol free. Um, and ethanol is actually what breaks down and causes issues in your gas. So fuel stabilizer just stops the ethanol from breaking down. Um, but you know, if you're running a premium that doesn't have ethanol in it at all, you don't really need to worry about that. And I, I've done that uh, many seasons in a row now and you can kind of just pull your bike out in spring, start it right up where you go. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. And then we said carbs bikes, it's a little more important because you need that stable to run through yeah. the carbs to keep them clean. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, you know, with fuel injected bikes, uh, realistically your fuel is going through your fuel pump, through your lines, then through the single injector or however many injectors you have on, uh, like however many cylinders your bike has. Um, and, uh, with carbs though, there are many more small orifices that get plugged a lot easier than on fuel injected bikes. Uh, so it's pretty imperative that the stabilizer actually works its way into all those orifices. So it's not just sitting in there. So how long would you say a bike would need to run to ensure that the stable has made its way through? Um, I usually, when I do it, if, if the bike is cold, I basically run it until it's up to operating temperature and then shut it off. Or, it, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say like five to 10 minutes or so. And then that, that might be a little bit overkill, but that just makes, you know, extra sure that it's completely worked its way through. Um, uh, but yeah, I would, I'd say probably about five to 10 minutes overall. And the, so you can buy a big package of stable, but there's also mm. from what I've found out there, single packets that are pretty mm. much like one and done. Yeah. Like one use. Yeah. And some have smells. 
which is pretty <laughs> cool because then you can smell it as it comes out your exhaust yeah. and then you know it's through your whole then you know system. it's done yeah exactly <laughs> um washing your bike uh, if we have one of our directors on our board is very adamant about making sure your bike is like clean when you put it away. What are your thoughts on that? Um, that that's a good idea, especially, um, you know, I ride a dual sport, so I especially like to do that just because you have like, you know, dirt and mud and God knows what else hiding in every nook and cranny of the bike. And, uh, anywhere that you have like dirt or anything that, you know, isn't part of the bike hiding, it attracts moisture. And if that's just like sitting in a little hidden area of your frame on the bike or something, that's just asking for rust to start. Um, so yeah, definitely a good wash down before you put it away is a good idea. Um, I would, if you're going to wash it, I would probably do it before we start to dip below zero, especially if your garage is uh, not heated because uh, you know, if that water gets into anywhere and then freezes, you know, freezing water expands. So, you know, you kind of want to be careful with that, but uh, yeah, I would definitely give it a good wash before you put it away. And make sure it's super dry. Yeah, and make sure it's very dry. <laughs> that, that's the main thing too, exactly. So we talked about oil changes, which you should do. Battery, mm -hmm. preferably on tender. Tires off the ground. Fuel stable, mm -hmm. run through your bike, washing it. Is there anything else that we've missed in winterization? Right. Um, so another one that I like to check is, uh, this is kind of for similar reasons as the oil change for uh, winterization, but... Uh, uh, if your bike is due for a coolant flush, I would do that before you put it away rather than after um, because coolant tends to get slightly acidic in the same way that gas does just because it's in contact with a lot of the same uh, uh, gaskets as your fuel or your oil. Um, so if it's due for that, I would probably do it. And also, uh, especially if you're storing it in a non-heated uh, storage area, uh, its resistance to freezing also weakens the older your coolant is. So, you know, most coolants nowadays are good to about minus 40 degrees Celsius or so uh, when they're brand new. Um, and, you know, after, after a few years, that could be as low as like minus 20, minus 25, which, you know, our winters regularly get much below that. We've uh, had so, minus 40. <laughs> exactly. And even minus 40, you want to be careful too. Like uh, some people actually uh, will put a little bit extra concentrate in just to kind of ensure it. Um, but yeah, definitely make sure you got some fresh coolant in there, especially if uh, it's in, not in a heated garage. Um, and then just any, um, this is this isn't really like you know a safety or bike longevity thing, but if my bike has like any outstanding maintenance, like if it needs a new chain or a new sprocket or brakes or you name it, uh, I like to do that before I put it away. That way, you know, when spring comes around and the roads finally clear up, you can hop on the day of and not have to mess around with working on your bike. Or if you have a heated garage, it's winter projects. Or yeah, or winter projects too. That, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Keep, uh, keep your uh, keep your mind busy during the winter for sure. Get all your parts in, and then you know when yeah. you're missing your bike, you can go spend some time with it by changing your chain, your sprockets, whatever. Yeah, and uh, especially, especially with the way parts availability has been within the pandemic in the last like you know year and a half, I would say if you want to work on your bike over the winter, get whatever parts you need now, because. <laughs> uh, chances are pretty good that you know, there's going to be a lot of like-minded people who are all going to be doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some parts that we've been waiting on where it's been over a year backwards, just because the first initial wave of everyone panic buying all of their bike stuff's kind of depleted pretty much everything. So. 
Yeah. When I got my new tires for my scrambler at the start of the year, it was literally the week after they arrived, everything went into, yeah. it'll be two months before you get tires. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, I got mine in 10 days. How lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're on top of it. I, well, I, that was by fluke. That was totally a fluke. I mean, who knew that everything would, well, we kind of knew everything was going to get chaotic, but I didn't think it was yeah. going to affect the bike world that much. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. so last question on this, why is winterization so important? Um, it's just to ensure your bike has like a good long life. Cause it's, uh, like, you know, you know, the old saying ridden hard and put away wet. We want to do the opposite of that with our bikes. Um, cause you know, if you, if you treat your bike right, it'll treat you right. And, uh, you know, it, and you know, there's, there's the uh, safety aspect of it too, where, you know, it's annoying enough being broken down on the side of the road, but you know, if a tire fails when you're going around the corners, who knows, right. Um, yeah. you just want to make sure it's in the best possible condition and, uh, you'll get the, the most use out of it as possible. Well, and that's, that goes the same too, with like making sure you wash your bike before you put it away. Because if you really detail your bike and you get right in there with everything, you can find things that oh, yeah. maybe you didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can find a lot of things that aren't quite obvious or like maybe it didn't necessarily affect how it rode. So you didn't really think to look or, but it could have been a problem in the future. It's just really good to kind of just take inventory of every little square inch on your bike before you put it uh, away. Absolutely. Well, Spencer, I want to thank you again. You've been such a great help this season uh, on our first season of the podcast and our launch and everything. And I look forward to doing more stuff with you next year. Absolutely. Um, in the meantime, I'm sure Riverside will be having a big uh, motorcycle gear blowout sale before they swap over to Skidoo oh, yeah. stuff. So I encourage everybody to get out to St. Albert and support Riverside Honda and Skidoo on that. Thank you um, very much. You're very welcome. So thank you again, Spencer, for your time and the great information about fall hibernation. To make sure you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, make sure that you subscribe or follow where you get your ear, your, oh, sorry, your podcast ear candy. I took a week off and all of a sudden I'm a mess in this. <laughs> if, if there is a topic that you'd like us to cover or a guest that you think would be great on the show, let us know how. Well, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you will also get more information on motorcycle safety and awareness or reach out to us through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. See you out on the road. 